What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Long. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the post Hell in a Cell episode of the Masked Man Show with Kaz. What'd you think, buddy? Yo, what a night. What a night. Lots of surprises, I would say. But, man, 14 times. Was it 14 times? Yeah. World champ, Randy Orton? Yeah. 14 times a world champion. And uh, it, it was, wh- where do we start? Like, there's so much to talk about. Well, that's it. I mean, you got to start the start of the ending, right? I mean, yeah. I, I was texting with you with you guys uh, right around the time this match started. And I, I told, I was like, I'm feeling the fiend. I think this is going to be the fiend. And the only reason was because. We'd already had two of the best Hell in a Cell matches I can remember. Oh, that, yeah. Like, already happened on the card. So why the hell would you put Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre last? Mm-hmm. And even though I had said I was feeling there might be like a little bit of momentum for Randy Orton to win um, we, when we talked about it last week, I didn't pick him for the record, but I, I said there was something there. Even then, I, as the match started, I wasn't feeling that. I thought there was just going to be, they, I was like, they have to have something, to ha- something's going to happen to legitimize this going on last. And I got to tell you, it was a good match. Yeah, a lot of the, the, when they went on top of the on top of the cage, it was, it it was, was a little big slow. Moment. It was a little, little slow methodical. to start, and that's that's what I was going to say. After there's already been two cell matches on the card, you got to give a match an identity right off the top, right? Like let that be the chair shot match or the kind like just let them just start, the, the the kendo stick to the face match. Just do something to just get you on the edge of your seat because it took a while to get the rhythm. But in the end, we got what has to be. Of shocker, right? Randy Orton is your new Universal it's Champ. It's like a half shocker. It's a half shocker. It's I mean, like Ra- it's, Randy Orton having the belt is never should never be a total shock. But right, you know, I don't right. think, I don't like, think a lot of people picked him. In the sense where you you know, I feel like people when you have a first time champ, right? Like especially one that was like kind of successful, that's been a little bit successful. You always kind of think that well, you know. They tried that now. I guess it's time to the the same old shit. Right? Like there's always that sort of feeling where it's like, well, this was this is good. This Drew thing was fun, and now it's time to move on to something else. But I don't get that feeling. I feel like this isn't over. You know what I mean? Like I feel like uh, this is like a pretty good setup for uh, Drew McIntyre because I, I think he's the greatest champion. Um, but again, I think right now the the right call was made. I mean. Randy Orton has been doing the work of his career right now as a solo act and just being this sort of, you know, great talking, just carrying the raw brand. And, you know, it's just kind of the whole show just kind of needed a little bit of a refresh. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I feel like Randy Orton being the champ right now just makes a lot of sense, man. Like, I feel like, you know, we could kind of take a little bit of a breather between two since I think we got Survivor Series coming up. And if we're doing brand supremacy or or we're still doing like who has the best show or whatever i'm assuming we got randy versus roman 
for, you know, whatever that, that happens. And then we can come back to Drew and Randy afterwards. But um, it was a hell of a match, man. Like, I thought that the spill was crazy. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a huge, it's so much bigger than, like, the original Hell in a Cell. Like, it seems taller, yeah. right? Am I bugging? Like, it looks, like, way bigger. No, no, than- no. I mean, I... I don't know if they've used. I think they've used this one before, but compared to the original one, yeah. But I, I mean, mean like compared to the OG Hell in the Cell, no, no. Yeah. I, there's no way you're falling off the top of this one. I, it's, it seems a lot taller. Oh my gosh, it's a it's like a building. It's like why would you do that? But it was it was a pretty good match, man. I mean, like I and again, I'm never really the biggest fan of Randy Orton matches. Like I think you know he's a great talent, but you know unless they're like marquee matches, I don't necessarily have myself going back. Like man, I gotta go watch that Randy Orton match, but. You know, he's always he's one of those guys that always delivers like great main event moments. You know, he's he, he's so good at the little things and like the slithering of like kind of like the way he stalked Drew McIntyre back into the ring after he took that fall was just like this guy is just so good at all the at, at everything. All the, he's so all the good at stuff. everything that everyone else is not good at. <laughs> if that makes sense you know like he just makes it seem so natural and we're just, that's exactly you know, it yeah, he's a natural man he's a, he's, a, he's a natural he's got it in his blood and besides that he's just really gifted at it i mean i think it's e- i think it's easy when people talk about how other wrestlers talk about how good he is it's easy to think they're talking about the athleticism he's born with you know the mobility for his size all that kind of stuff but no i mean it's just the facials during the match you know i mean it all and this is listen he's always had all this all this ability we talked pretty recently about how He's entered a phase of his career where it seems like he knows how to turn it on and off, which seemed like that the the the, the light switch uh, was a little bit hard to grasp for him for a while. But now he's not only that. I mean, he's he's the best promo in the company. I mean, I'm <laughs> like, I, like, am I overselling it? When he cut his promo, when he was cutting his like his promo on Drew to said on on Monday night, I was just like, this is unbelievable what he yeah. can do. And like, why wouldn't he be? Like, you watch a guy like Randy Orton and just taking it, I, it, it it's perfectly contextualized because, like, as soon as and as soon as the pay-per-view was over, they showed a little bit of that untold with The Undertaker. And, like, you, you, you just start to remember, like, God damn, this guy's really been around for such a long time. Like, why wouldn't he be the best? Why wouldn't he be, like, somebody you trust? Like, he was so good for so long and so young. Now that he's at the age where people were kind of like waiting for him to, you know, fulfill all that promise as like this complete natural, like who can have every gift a pro wrestler could want. Now we're seeing it. And it's like we're in such a good space as wrestling fans that like he's the guy kind of at the top because now you kind of feel like the rest of the company is going to be like made in his image. And everyone knows it's going to be like, oh, okay, like now, you know, it's his time again. You know, not say it wasn't his time before, but I feel like now it really is his time because he's more, he looks, he, he seems like more of a leader now. Like he seems more of like a guy who, you know, you understand he's probably not going to be a champion forever, but, you know, everybody he's worked with since he's, you know, kind of been on this like career resurgence. Yeah. They've been better after it. They've yeah. been better because of it. Well, I guess what happens next, I mean, it, w- w- where he takes the belt is going to be w- what's interesting about this, right? Well, I mean, shit, look, listen, unless, unless they just decide to let Randy Orton run with it like for, you know, two years like Ric Flair back in the day or something, <laughs> which I, I mean, I don't think that's ever going to be the plan. But uh, 
you know, is do we have another Drew McIntyre rematch or or two coming up? Does this drag? How how far can they take this feud? And then at what point? I mean, listen, I don't know why. I don't. I mean, we're a long way away from WrestleMania or or whatever the next. You know, I, I'm I'm I would be I would be assuming WrestleMania, but. Randy Orton and Edge are going to have another match. And, yeah. as, and as we've seen in years past, whenever there's a big match with two big icons that doesn't need a title belt at all, Vince puts the title belt on one of them, you know? So, <laughs> like, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we have Edge versus Orton for the title at some point in the not-too-distant future. I don't even know how Edge's rehab is going, but, you know, that's that might be on the horizon. Like I said, we are also have the we also have um, the Fiend looming around. Um, and now you got The Miz. And now we got the Miz. Uh, that's it. Uh, probably the biggest surprise of the night. I mean, as far as I mean, just unexpected turns. Um, the Miz was taken on Otis for the Money in the Bank briefcase, and he won after Tucker turned on Otis whole, and whole uh, uh, co-cocked <laughs> him, and then and and Miz got the win. It, it, uh, Tucker is not, it seems, uh, pals with the Miz with John, <laughs> and or John Morrison. Mm-hmm. Um, so just got issues with uh, with his old partner. As he should. I As mean, he should. come on. You really should. Like, I, I was waiting for that. And it kind of made, made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Even though I still kind of didn't see it coming, made a whole lot of sense. It made a whole lot of sense. And I'm sure they'll get a little blow-off match at some point. Or maybe they'll be on opposite sides for Survivor Series or, or whatever. But, uh, you know, I think this sort of rolls out the carpet for... Tucker to have it be his own person on Raw uh, while Otis is, you know, holding down the mid-card on SmackDown. I mean, it, it, like I said, I think Tucker's got a lot of potential. I just think if he were still in NXT, the, you know, Heavy Machinery would be like two gimmicks away from the main roster, right? They still have to, fig- <laughs> they still have to figure out what they're doing with him, but now they got to figure it out in real time, you know, on the fly, in front of everybody. So uh, turning him heel is a good first step. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens next. Um and that was a good match. I mean, that was that was a fun, and that was it was it was nice to have your little popcorn matches or your breather matches, you know, when they have some some significance mm-hmm. or you know have, have something to keep you interested. Um, the other one with Slapjack versus Man uh, Slapjack. <laughs> oh my! The, the best name in wrestling, fucking Slapjack. Wow! Oh my god! Uh, I don't even know what to do with that. I mean, it's just. <laughs> Bro, I'm trying. Every week I'm trying with the retribution. <laughs> trying to say, okay, here it comes. It's coming. It's gonna be great. And uh, um Well, and also we got I mean we had that was it Lashley over Slapjack prior to the match. <laughs> they were they had a backstage. Lashley over Slapjack. This sounds funny. Yeah, they had a yeah, exactly. Sounds like a backst- a, it sounds like if, if Lashley uh grew up in your town and he had like his own meal named after him, <laughs> that's what it would be called. <laughs> Y'all take the Lashley over Slapjack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna make that happen at some point. But they did a promo <laughs> before the match where they where the the whole thing was built around the joke that they all have stupid masks. Everybody and so the hurt the hurt business made was making fun of the masks that the that Retribution wears. And then at the end of the match, I th- man, I feel like I feel like some I'm on some other wrestling podcast right now. I, I feel like I'm being too too literal and complainy. But after the match, we had Ali come into the ring and then and then scamper away when the rest of the hurt business showed up. This wasn't a big, it wasn't a good night for Retribution. It hasn't been a good couple of nights for Retribution. They're uh, it's like it's looking like, like sketchy. It's like it's sketchy. All my thoughts that I had for them kind of being, you know. 
a little bit rehabbed uh, with Ali being at the front forefront. As the weeks go by, I'm like, maybe this isn't going to work for them. Like, you know, like it's, I don't know. I don't want to be too harsh too early, but like, I just feel like it's not, it's, it's, it's just not clicking, man. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like, I mean, great. The hurt business, you want to establish them as badass baby faces, I guess, which is cool. And I like that. But I mean, for as much real estate you give retribution for the past, like two months, and then give them a legitimately exciting turn, you know, with having Ali be their leader and like, you know, why <laughs> and the reasons why they just yeah. really haven't capitalized on it yet. And I'm just like, oh, OK, all right, let's let's maybe I was expecting too much. Yeah, maybe. well, we can always say that. Let's talk about the stuff that really matters. We have two, yes. two, <laughs> other, two other Hell in a Sound matches tonight. Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso and Bailey versus Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. Which one do you want to do first? Which one should we talk about first? I think Bailey Sasha. All right. Bailey Sa- Bailey and Sasha. I mean, this is a match that like I'm gonna watch again before I feel hundred percent confident giving it any sort of rating, or I'm gonna watch it, probably gonna watch it several times this week just for the because I, I know I'm gonna love it. Uh, right. it was an incredible match. It was yes. just a really incredible match. And there's I mean, I know that we can read too much into these things. We feel like we know the wrestlers and like we, you know, all this kind of stuff. But man, it looked this looked like one of those times where they were letting they they were letting other, the other person do stuff to them that they would never let somebody else do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there was some like violence in this match. The only your closest friend would be allowed to do to you. Yeah, and uh, they had like, I mean, there were so many planned out spots that were just incredible, done right in the flow, right up until the finish, yeah. uh, which was really really well put together. I mean, the, it was just a stupendous match. You know, Bailey and Sasha have stupendous matches. Damn. This is what they do. Like, they, you know, I've said this so over and over. I've always said, you know, Sasha Bailey NXT TakeOver was, like, the greatest match I've ever seen. Like, yeah. in, like, the greatest, like, next to, next to, like, Kofi Mania, that was the only other time I was legitimately, like, jaw on the floor, like, open standing ovation match. That made me be like, this is the greatest, this is the greatest match I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. That was an NXT takeover in uh Brooklyn. And all those guys do, Sasha and Bailey, even the rematch at full sale. Great. Every time they wrestle, it's great. So like you're giving them more toys, you're giving them the hell in the cell, you're giving them these these months of backstory into why they're finally, you know, going at it. I think the the biggest, the biggest hurdle that they had to do was, you know, to outdo NXT TakeOver. Like, yep. I feel like everybody in the back of their head was just like, we've been waiting for this match and this blow-off and this, you know, uh, big, incredible, you know, these wrestling soulmates to fight for something that's meaningful at a big event for a long time. And we finally got it. And it really delivered, man. Like, it really felt like, you know, Sasha's... Sasha got so brutalized and like there was a couple times where I thought Bailey's neck was going to snap like you know it it was so fun to watch because you really truly felt either way they went you'd been okay with with how they went with well, it right like yeah, absolutely. either way they both when you could have a match like that that's built up that way where both people don't lose a thing by losing or gain that much by winning 
you have a great feud. And I think that's what we got with Sasha and Bailey because all we want, we want more. We want to see, we want to see him again. I didn't even mention as a, up top that Sasha won the, the one and, and and took Bailey's championship because that yeah. seemed so secondary to everything, <laughs> to everything that happened in the ring. Yeah, uh, which is champ weird for to over say. a year, um, the longest reigning champ. We had, um, I mean, there was that there was that one spot where, um, where Sasha got flipped back with the, to the back of her head to the ladder in the corner that just yeah. looked like I mean that was just one but it looked like like she certain, looked legit concussed well I mean the, the the move made it look like there's no way she could have avoided it and then you sort of you know you you stare at the replay enough times to try to figure out how I mean there was a number of times in this match where it felt like they waited an extra beat to go to the replay because they weren't sure if it was the sort of replay you wanted to show people you know I mean they were just like like let's m- really make sure everything's fine before we hit that button um it was a really intense Really believable match. And I think, I mean, right after that, or soon after that, was it after that when they had the, yeah, when they did the, Bailey set up the ladder across the two chairs. Um, after the first bump from there, uh, there was a spot where, where Sasha Banks did the Bailey, the, the Bailey to belly. And it looked like the ladder was supposed to still be on the chairs. They sort of like did a quick, you know, audible and she just suplexed her onto the ladder on the ground, which isn't a big deal. But, Everything in the match was seamless. Even the audibles they had to call. Even like, every, I think like it audibles, was really well done. The audibles, or what we think are the audibles, looked fun and they looked great because you can tell they have so much trust for each other in that ring. That's it. And you know, not to get too behind the curtainsy with like a lot of this shit, but like you can tell which matches are going to be really good by like. Who's really good for like it's no surprise that the people with the greatest matches are usually like really good friends. Mm-hmm. Like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, you'll watch all the time because yep. they are wrestling best buddies. Yeah. Triple H and Shawn Michaels, you can watch it all the time because they are wrestling best buddies and they trust mm-hmm. each other. And I think Bailey and Sasha are the same way. Like they have a certain level of trust that they, you know, that, that you shouldn't have with everybody. You know what I mean? Like you shouldn't be able to just you shouldn't be tossing your body all which ways you know for any old body you know what i'm saying like you got to make it look good and um it was really good man like i'm really i'm really interested in seeing a long hopefully god hopefully a long sasha banks championship run like mm-hmm. i feel like she's so accomplished and won the titles so many different titles we still haven't gotten to see like sasha as the top chick you know what I mean? Yeah. In in the company. And it's it's crazy. Do you think about it? Like everybody, everybody has had a long championship reign except her. And coming out of NXT with the four horsewomen, the I I would have bet my foot that Sasha wouldn't be the last person to have a long, meaningful championship. Oh, yeah. Reign I, I would have thought the first outside of you know what I mean, outside of Charlotte Flair, obviously without question. And then Becky, who kind of didn't come out of nowhere, but, you know, the man thing kind of took off as like this female Stone Cold Steve Austin thing and, you know, Ronda Rousey and all this other shit. And now Bailey, who's just been champ for what, 380 days, I think, over a year, mm-hmm. is dope. So, like, let's see, man. Like, I'll, and maybe, maybe, maybe Bailey wants the title right back on SmackDown. <laughs> who knows? But I really, really hope. We get to see, you know, the what SmackDown and the women's division is gonna look like with Sasha Banks as like at the top of the throne. I'm really interested in that and, and see what they do with her as as the as the as the main champ. 
yeah, I mean, wh- where we go from here is is going to be a really interesting question because um, the SmackDown women's division is sort of a work in progress. If we don't go for the you know rematch, then uh, what exactly? I mean, obviously there's there's options. It's not like it's it's an empty pool, but um, it will be interesting to see what they do. I mean, I think that's why. Uh, I mean, I think a rematch is probably going to happen next, but I but I think that that's why you know I'm intrigued by everything that happened tonight. For everything, well, everything down. We mentioned the Miz winning earlier. I, I guess the one thing I forgot to say, we forgot to point out, was the promo that he cut after the match was stupendous. You know, <laughs> it's like this isn't a lunchbox. This is, you know, this 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 thing really means this is a golden ticket or whatever. And um, there was just a little glint, a little glimmer of that Miz that you see a couple times a year, where you're like, oh yeah, he could still be a headliner. Oh yeah, you know? Mr. USA Network. Why the fuck not? You know what I mean? Like as soon as. As soon as I saw him hold up that briefcase, it all just kind of clicked again, right? It was just like, I could totally see him being champion again. And I could totally see it meaning way more this time around than oh, the yeah. first time. You know, like, he's definitely a much bigger star since then. Like, I was having an argument with, you know, I was on Clubhouse today, which is like this new app that a lot of people are getting on or whatever. I was on Clubhouse today with like Wale, my um, guy Justin, who does the A Show, um, bunch of wrestling, like black wrestling heads, just like all just watching Hell in the Cell together. And as the Miz was, you know, kind of walking in with that, with the briefcase, we're all just like, yo, he can cash in tonight. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be mad if he cashed in tonight. It's like, why not? Why not the Miz? Like, can you name three more, three active wrestlers right now that are more famous than the Miz? Probably not. You know what I mean? Like well, we were about, talking like, about the Bellas in the last episode. I mean, our last show, and that's and Miz definitely has a lot of that 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 real world cred too. You know, the crossover cred. So, um, yeah, I mean, come on, he he belongs on he belongs on uh, Monday Night Raw just for the promotion promotional purposes. Yeah, Mister USA Network, yeah, bro. But Three this shows. Is, this is a great look for him, and it's and it's going to be really cool. I mean, listen, nobody. There's nothing better. There's no better way to start off an episode of uh, a wrestling program than all the dudes who want to fight for the title ending up in the ring together, right? I mean, if you want to go to the, if you want to go to the basics, let's get like the four or five guys who could actively <laughs> be main eventers and put them in there kind of talking shit to each other. The Miz is one of those guys now. That's that's a that's a, you know, that is a good thing. He's a thing. threat. He's a threat, man. Like it, it's, it's the the money in the bank, I mean, you know, sorry, shout out to Otis, like no offense to Otis, but like he wasn't really a threat when he had that briefcase. Like I think it was a nice funny moment at the pay-per-view, but like yeah. Not really a threat, and I'm sure it'll happen for him soon, because I do think there's like value in Otis as like this kind of like everyman, you know, Chris Farley type of wrestler that like people just kind of yeah. love. But you know, I feel like the the briefcase in the Miz's hands is, is feel it just hits different. Yeah, it definitely hits different. Well, talking about hitting different, uh, we saw Roman Reigns figure out every every way to hit possible. Uh, oh my gosh! And the that. Surprisingly early in the show, Hell in a Cell match against his cousin, Jay Uso. Um, it, it was a hell of a match. I mean, I feel like ever all these cell matches were just they all had different identities and they were all really good. If I'm gonna pick tiny like tiny nits with the finish here, I'm not quite sure why they didn't have Jay handcuffed or something at the end, so he actually couldn't physically get close to his brother. But I guess, well, let me. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, Roman and Jey Uso went, they, they went head, I mean, they went back and forth the whole match. Jay had a couple of spots where it looked like, you know, we didn't, no one thought he was going to win, but where like they booked him 
to be close to win to almost winning the match, right? Yeah, and I uh, mean, you know, he's definitely been elevated in this. I'll say that. Yeah, much. Oh man, he looked great. I mean, there were times where Roman. I mean, he choked Roman out, and uh, and and only for Roman to you know spasm back to life at one point. Mm-hmm. But the but the finish, which was really really beautiful, um, had Roman basically not knocked Jay unconscious by like drive bying him into the ring post with a chair. I mean, with it with the steel steps. They tried to stop the match, but Roman said, no, I'm not going to let you stop the match because he has to say I quit, but he was out mm-hmm. cold. So then all these officials come in the ring, the cage is open, the cage door is opened, and then Jimmy Uso comes in to as Roman's about to just smush Jay's head with the steel ring steps inside the ring. Jimmy Uso comes in, dives over him like he did the last time they fought, said, please, please stop, you know, whatever. And Roman, Roman basically... Just like he he just starts his his Oscar nomination reel right now, right? I mean, he's like he is he's he just starts crying, saying I'm sorry. He just breaks down in the ring. He and Jimmy like do just shake hands. They're gonna be okay. And then Roman slap puts him in the guillotine choke and squeezes his head until Jay, who wakes back up, is forced to quit just to save his brother. Mm. Uh, a little reversal of roles there. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, what a cool match, man. That's such good shit. Such good shit. Is there, I mean, listen, I I don't think anybody was surprised with the outcome. The finish was, I mean, just really smart, really inventive. But is there, I mean, do you think this is done? I mean, where do you think we go from here? Oh, oh, by the way, after the match. uh, Oh my gosh, the christening. Yeah, the christening from the from the from the Sika from Sika and Alpha, Alpha right? and Sika. Oh my um, gosh, that's good shit. That was just unbelievable. I mean, it was just it was it was so cool. I mean, I I don't even know what to say. It was a, it was a, it was a fantastic match too. I mean, even without the stakes, without the family, without Roman Reigns being Roman Reigns, without the christening at the end, that was a just a really really like I said, it's a hell of a match, man. These these two guys talking about the kind of chemistry you have when you really like somebody. I mean, these are legit cousins, and they just went all out, making each other look incredible. It's like, uh, man. So it's like he really out of the family? Like, is that what that is? Well, no, they get to be in... They have to either take orders. They either have to take orders from Roman, acknowledge him as the title chief, tribal chief, sorry, (laughs) or they will be exiled from the family. Oh, my goodness. I think, is that right? I think so. I think that's how it rolls. But who knows, man? I'm 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 tuned in. They got the old heads in there. Like if they really fucking if they go all out on this like Samoan dynasty shit, like mm-hmm. where Roman answers to like the ancestors and like Jay and Jimmy are these like unwilling, you know, henchmen for the tribal chief and ugh. Can we get some can we get some flowers for Paul Heyman too? Like Paul Heyman has said next to nothing and has done some of his best character work (laughs) as a manager. He just seems absolutely terrified of this dude all the time. I was going to say, I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say exactly the same thing. How, who has done, I mean, who has done more with less, less time, less space, less whatever, less room to maneuver than Paul Heyman is doing right now. I mean, you almost forget he's there. And then at one point, at one point, he'd ask Jay to please stop or whatever, and Jay and Jay like talked to him outside the ring, and you're just like suddenly you're like keyed in in a way that only like it seems like only Paul Heyman can get you to pay attention to the thing, right? Uh, he's doing such such good work, and he's not 
it's got to be said, this is this is an unusual pivot, right? Because he is usually the most expansive personality possible. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's, he's he's usually there to to make the talent fucking, you know, be more expressive because, you know, their their actions their actions speak louder than anything, you know what I mean? But there weren't a bunch of huge surprises. We were so, Randy no. Orton winning was a was a cool way to finish the show. Like I said, the Miz is the Money in the Bank briefcase now. Um, we got satisfying, very satisfying conclusions. I think that's the, a good word to, to every use. to every cell match. It felt like it felt like a really big show, though. You normally Helm normally Helm the Cell is like inherently a letdown. You know, maybe there's the one big cool match, but like there's so much to live up to. Because we're such bloodthirsty fiends that. People aren't bleeding or going through the cage or off the cage. We're just like, ah, oh, that was all right. But I feel like, you know, satisfying is a good word for this pay-per-view. It felt like a really big show. I mean, for as far as a, for, for a show that didn't have the return of Brock Lesnar or something as part of it, <laughs> I, I've never been. I mean, it was like, we got to talk about this. This match, this show was just just top to bottom. Really, really great. And by the way, they added a couple of matches in there, you know, to sort of cleanse the palate between the between the big ones. But this was a pretty, I mean, we didn't talk about Jeff Hardy versus Elias. We haven't talked about uh, R-Truth versus Drew Gulak. Um, those matches served a purpose. But like this was this was a long, it was a big full show that was basically just anchored by three, four matches. And, uh, uh, you know, three and a half maybe. And, and geez, it was satisfying. Satisfying is a way I'm, to go. I'm, I'm happy we got to end the pay-per-view at 10 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm thankful it's, for. I don't know if it's, the, I mean, just the, the, you know, COVID era or what, but WWE seems committed to this now, which is nice. I mean, it's- I a, like it, it. Gone the days of 10 match pay-per-views that will go until 1 p.m. or 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, COVID. Uh, thank you. Yeah. It, regardless of the reason. Thank you, WWE. This <laughs> no was context a, at all. Just thank you, COVID. Let's just cut that gonna, part out. Just have me say thank you, COVID. And just keep it pushing. That's... We use that as a drop. Uh, <laughs> thanks for doing this, Kaz, as always. John, thanks for staying up late uh, with us. All right. Uh, apologies, as always, to John Moxley. We'll see you back here on Thursday, Humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on The Masked Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on The Masked Man Show. 